It's time for JT the Brick. The business I chose, that is real. That is bleeping real right now. Why am I bringing this up? It's what I do best. I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I'm not going crazy on this one. I'm not. I'm not going crazy. Does anybody listen to me? We talk balls on sports radio. JT the Brick. I don't have notes. I'm lying. I just, it's off the top of my head. The whole radio show's off the top of my head. I don't have a three-hour pre-show meeting like those other guys where the interns write the show. It's all off the top of my head. We make memories on this show for the Raider Nation. Jump on with us. Do your job. Win these games. Let's be up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Let's go in and shock the world. We are not the official show of the practice squad. I want to talk about the starters and the impact guys who are going to put this team on the map. If this is too hardcore for you, turn the channel. Don't embarrass Bobby. Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. No half-ass effort. I bring passion and energy for every second I'm on the radio. And now, it's a tweet. Don't take it too seriously. Here's JT the Brick. JT, as we get ready for our final hour of the week, Patriots Week. I'm not a big fan of that. That's what they say about the Raiders. But I think Patriots Week is a big deal. Uh, Patriot fans are coming. They're a struggling football team, and the Raiders are going to have to win this game. Uh, welcome back to the show brought to you by La Casa Cigars, Tivoli Village. My crew was there last night for Thursday night football. What a spot. What a great cigar selection and the ability to have anything you want to drink. Fine bourbons and whiskeys and live music afterwards. I, I'm pretty sure I'll be there next Thursday if you're looking for a new spot. It's a great spot for Thursday night football. How about Thursday night football? As we said in the first hour, what a disaster in Denver now. The Denver fans are just fighting amongst each other. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. Hey, man, you think you have it tough? All the Raiders want to do is just win, baby. But in Denver... That's not going to happen for a long time. They're going to have to gut that team. Jerry Judy is acting like an idiot. You see that Jerry Judy altercation with Steve Smith Jr., senior on the sideline? Sean Payton exposing his plays. You could see all his plays on his play card. That's all over the internet. People are going crazy. And then Russell Wilson, as I tweeted out last night, literally the worst body language I've ever seen for a quarterback. Look, quarterbacks lose and win. And they, you know, they drop their shoulders. They throw their helmet. They're upset. But the body language of Russell Wilson, none of his teammates go near him. The coach doesn't want to look him in the eye. What the hell happened to the Denver Broncos? And how about all these talking heads that picked the Broncos to go to the playoffs? The Broncos are my pick. Why? Well, I don't know. I just like the Broncos. Not the case there. So this morning, I was on with a really good sports talk host in Boston. Andy Gresh, he's legendary. He's been on there forever. And I was on his radio show, and I fired it up, man. I do, that's probably some of the best stuff I do is going on other radio shows. Uh, talking about the Raiders. I do a weekly spot in L.A. every week on that. So anyway, he's going back and forth with me on Mac Jones. And the fact that Mac Jones is at a point in his career now where this is a make-or-break game. And I told him the same thing. I go, I agree. It's a make-or-break game, and I'm concerned about it. I think he is going to play well. I hope he doesn't play great. I think the Raiders are going to play better and beat the Patriots. But this is Mac Jones' last shot. So I think he's going to come in. He worked well, really well, with Josh McDaniels back in New England. And Josh McDaniels knows every flaw of this kid and everything he can do right and everything that he does wrong. So as the head coach of the Silver and Black, I hope it transcends over to Patrick Graham in the preparation on the defensive side. Every week at this time, I get a chance to talk with the head coach 
of the Las Vegas Raiders, my conversation with Josh McDaniels. We welcome in head coach Josh McDaniels. And coach, I want to use the word swagger and your defense. Beginning of the game, middle, and when you had to close it out, what clicked with them? Yeah, I thought the effort was phenomenal all night. Uh, we knew we were going to be challenged in a running game, um, you know, with the way the Packers play and how tough and physical Dylan is when he runs the football. And that's the kind of game they made it. I thought our guys really stood up to the challenge. I thought the effort and chase to the football was there all night long from the beginning to the end. Um, and it resulted in a lot of critical plays that we were able to make. Uh, the turnovers, again, a lot of those are effort plays. Um, and then obviously capitalizing with Amik's great play at the end. Great segue to Amik. I want to talk about not only his play, but the depth of the defense here because guys are competing for more snaps. Yep. When a guy gets in and makes plays like that, what does it mean to the depth of the team overall? Yeah, I think it shows you that when we've talked about, you know, improving our depth and letting the guys compete for roles, it's the truth, you know, and I think it, it makes every player better. It makes every coach better when you're competing, you know, throughout the course of the offseason, but then you keep competing during the course of the year. And Amik's a, a guy who competes in every practice, whether he's on the scout team or he's on the first team defense, he's out there trying to do his job at a high level. And we got a lot of players that are doing that. And I think that's where you start to make progress and improve individually and collectively. And he earned his role. He's earned yeah, his opportunity. I, I wanted to stay with that because I think the fans need to know that you could fight your way into more snaps and yeah. starting. Sometimes you get in because someone's injured. They come back. If they deserve their spot, they keep it. But if you're playing well, that gets your attention. Yeah. And I think to me, that that's, that's how you get guys to keep going out there and practicing the way that we want them to practice. And Again, our job is to put the best 11 guys out there every, as many plays as possible that give the Raiders the best chance to win. And so if for some reason a name needs to change here or there in a role, then we would like to do that because we think it will help our team. Take us through the uh, process with Coach Graham and bringing in Robert Spillane. Their first time meeting, yep. they're watching film together, he needs to pull him aside at practice. How has that evolved? Yeah, uh, Spill is a football junkie. And, uh, you know, we did our research before we were able to, to have an opportunity to sign him in free agency. And uh, every person that we talked to about him uh, that had some really intimate knowledge about him just said how tough he was, how much he loved the game, how much he worked at it, how smart he was as a football player. He's a really good communicator. He's a connector. Um, he's always available. I mean, he's been durable, you know, even though he's playing a very physical position in, inside at middle linebacker. So uh, those people were all accurate, and, yeah. and we've gotten to see that. And, and so Pat's interaction with him right off the bat, growing into the green dot role that he has, um, you know, and just being the guy that's really the glue inside to the defense, um, just a really solid, you know, football player and a guy that we're really happy to have. He could have been Defensive Player of the Week and it went to Max. Yeah. So you look back at the tape and you saw Max, those, these tackles for losses compared to sacks, Coach. You know, yep. Everyone looks at sacks, but yep. this tackle for losses yep. is really what everybody's pointing out. Aikman's doing the game, Collinsworth last Sunday. They're all yeah. talking about him behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, they really count the same. You know, and he has, he has a tackle for loss for minus four. I mean, it's the same as a sack. It's still second and 14. Yeah. And, and so when you put the, the offense behind the sticks like he has a number of times this year, whether through pass rush or play in the run, um, you know, it's just it's so hard to overcome those series. And so, again, when we put our defense in third and long, uh, every defense is better in that situation. Uh, so tackles for loss, sacks, any disruptive plays that put the offense behind uh, is important, and he makes a lot of them. Nine different players touch the ball. So if you look at Jimmy, 
the struggles with points or what's happening overall in the game? Do you feel like you're getting closer when you see a game like that, even though it didn't show with the points? Yeah, and I think you know, again, it's it's gonna it, it's coming. Um, you know, got Michael Mayer involved, got Hooper the ball, got Trey Tucker the ball. You know, DeAndre Carter made a big play on fourth yeah. down. So we're trying to to you know involve all of our skill players. We've got a lot of confidence in them. I think you know again we're we got to finish in the red zone. We had two drives that we finished. We got to finish the third one. You know, we got to keep taking care of the football. You know, and that those those things eventually when we do all those things right, I think we're all going to be happy with the result. As we look at the Patriots here, before we start with special teams, I want to spend a lot of time there. Mac Jones is a very good player, and he's struggling now. We can see what's going on with him. You're good friends, and you go back with Bill O'Brien. So they've had a lot of struggles. I'm expecting him to come in here and play his tail off. He's that yeah. type of competitor. You know yeah. him as good as anyone. Yeah, I do. And, um, you know, we, we all go through peaks and valleys during the course of the season, and we've had our fair share, and they're having, you know, some of those same struggles now. But, um, you know, competitors usually rise up to those challenges, and uh, I'm expecting their football team, their coaching staff, every player on that roster to come in here and play the type of football. I mean, these, these guys had the ball at the very end of the game uh, in the red zone against Philadelphia in week one, and we all know Philadelphia is a really good football team. Same scenario week two against Miami. So this is that's the that's the kind of effort and execution that we're expecting. What jumps out at me on tape is how hard they play. Mm-hmm. Like your defense pursuing the ball, yep. tackling. It's been preached by coach Belichick forever and you can see it. They're not catching the breaks. So I expect they talk about a wounded animal and angry team. They just play hard and something mm-hmm. you preach here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh we we hope that there we're a, a reflection of one another in that regard, I'm sure. Um, but uh, this is going to be a, a, a game where we can't take one play off. Not in the kicking game, not on offense, not on defense. They're going to play hard. We're going to play hard. It's going to be a physical game. Field position is going to be important. Uh, taking care of the football is going to be critical. What did you learn in the past about special teams from the Patriots that you brought here? Because you talked to me about it last year. You were concerned about special teams when they came here. Yeah. That was a big topic. How have you evolved with special teams as a head coach? Yeah, number one, I think, is just the time investment, you know, and, and, and putting the effort and time into uh, your core group of players in a kicking game, um, our meeting time, our practice time, because uh, it, it makes a huge difference in the game. I mean, A.J. pinned Green Bay inside their 15-yard line four times last week, and that puts the defense in a better position to play defense. And so it's, it's just part of the whole complementary football uh, ideal and the philosophy that we believe in. And, you know, we got a good group of core players. They got a good group of core players. We got two veteran kickers. They got two young guys that they're breaking in right now. So um, it, it'll be a big challenge. We know that they have some really star-studded players in the kicking game that we're going to have to control. Uh, lastly, as we wrap this up, how's the schedule working out? You had a Sunday night home, Monday yeah. night home. You got a Thursday night down the road. How is your team reacting? Bumps and bruises, yep. getting everyone back. Yep, doing a good job. Uh, we we talked before the season about how we would handle these stretches. Uh, you know, because with the bye week as late as it is, we needed to try to build in some recovery and rest if we could. So. Um, we only practiced three times last week for the Monday Nighter. I felt like our team was fresh when we played. Um, you know, we, we gave ourselves an opportunity to recover from the Monday Nighter, and now we'll get out there for a really extended kind of walkthrough-ish uh, type of day today. And then we'll get out there with some tempo tomorrow on Friday. So um, I think our players are responding the right way. I think we're getting healthier as the week goes on here, and we're expecting a full load on, on Sunday. Last one, when uh, Meek made the play, and then afterwards Max is talking to Monday Night Football, and you're trying to get everyone in the locker room. Yep. I want to ask what that experience is like for you. Before you speak, everyone's coming in, national media, little local 
media, and then you finally get everyone in, yeah. the doors shut. How much do you enjoy that process? That's the joy that you're working towards all week long, yeah. you know, and uh, every game every game is hard to win. doesn't matter who you're playing. doesn't matter where it's at. Uh, it's difficult. There's a lot of sacrifice and work that goes into it every week from the staff to the players to the support staff to make this go, and uh, to go out there and battle their butt off for 60 minutes and, and, and be able to complete the mission uh, at the end of the night. You don't get to enjoy it for long in this no, business. You, you know, the next morning it's on to the next thing and it's treatment and it's studying and it's film and all the rest of it. But for those few precious moments in the locker room and the drive home sometimes, um, you get to enjoy it the way you should. Good luck, Sunday. Thank you very much. So as you just heard, Coach, there, as we wrapped it up, the analytics – I'm happy he talked about that. He got into it. He's a head coach now, not a coordinator. For people who say, why has he kicked the field goal? I disagree. I don't think he should kick the field goal. I think he should go for it. But he made it clear to the media in front of the podium and made it clear to me that when you're the head coach of a team, you have to understand what's happening all the time. But the key to that interview was Josh McDaniels is proud of his defense. We all know the offense has to get going. He knows that better than anyone. But at this point, the defense has a swagger, a swagger about him. Even when they get beat, like Amik Robinson to make a play, he has a swagger. Even when Marcus Peters, I don't think he's playing well at all. He's given too much of a cushion. He tips a ball. He's got swagger as he's pointing towards the sideline. And no one has more swagger than Mad Max. And by the way, today's his daughter's first birthday. It's all over his social media. Go wish Mad Max and his family all the best there. Uh, When we come back, the Lincoln-Kennedy segment we do here every week. Lincoln-Kennedy from Raiders Roundtable. This week he was with Eddie Pascal and myself, and Lincoln had a lot to say about the Raiders' victory and what they have to do to win this game against the New England Patriots as we continue on this beautiful Friday brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Grab a Remy cocktail drink over the weekend. Salute it to the sky. Come see me with Fred Bolitnikoff tomorrow night at the Ghost Bar. We're going to be pouring Bolitnikoff wine. We're going to have Remy Martin. There'll be some Modellos out there. It'll be a great night. It's 5 to 8 p.m. on top of the Ghost Bar. For $25, you get to meet, shake Fred Bolitnikoff's hands, hear a couple of stories that we're going to tell, look out at the sunset, of Las Vegas from the Ghost Bar and be there with the Raider Nation. I need your support on this. It's for the memory of Tracy Bolitnikoff, the Bolitnikoff Foundation, and everything we do. Please come out and join Fred and Angela Bolitnikoff, myself, for an evening with Fred Bolitnikoff. That's tomorrow night at the Palms, Saturday night at the Ghost Bar from 5 to 8. It should be fantastic as we continue on Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, One Love. Those are our teammates on Raiders game day. Welcome back, JT, Eddie Pascal, and now the great Lincoln Kennedy comes in and joins us. And Link, I'll start with you. You played with a lot of great defensive teammates from the tackles to the ends. Make a comparison for me when you're watching him at practice or up in the booth during a game on what you see with his motor and especially his tackles for losses. That's what I think distinguishes him from everyone else. Well, you know, you're right, JT, Eddie. The thing is, is that some of the great players that stand out to me are guys like 
Pat Swilling, mm-hmm. Chester McLaughlin, those guys that came up there were big disruptors. But one thing I will say that that Max Crosby definitely reminds me of watching him is is playing against Kevin Green because a great late great Kevin Green had a motor that wouldn't quit. I remember there was one time I was able to get him on the ground. He was actually crawling towards a quarterback because that's how <laughs> determined he was to get it. And and so you have those instances like when you watch Max Crosby play, but that's what you see. And look, the Raiders' defense has been playing pretty well for what it's a offensive. Obviously, needs to pick up the slack, but Max Crosby needs some help because the you see as as disruptive as he is, guys. And teams are going to double and triple team. That leaves the opportunity for someone else to be one on one or to be free to be able to make a play. That's why you need help. You know, Link, we heard from EA coming back about you know the ability that Patrick Graham has now to move Max all around the, the defensive front from an offensive lineman's excuse me perspective. What kind of challenge does that present to the big guys on the other side of the line? Well, we used to call that formation or that sort of idea, Eddie, back in the day. We used to call it Joker. And Joker was that guy that could be anywhere on the field, but you had to find out where number, in this case, where number 98 is. We used that against great guys like Junior Sale and other disruptive guys that played uh, through the game. Had to find where their number was. You addressed your protection, and you made sure that you accounted for that person everywhere, no matter where he was. So I think it's good that they're able to utilize like that. I think I'm glad that Max Crosby is comfortable with it. When I first saw him going over what is the offensive left end or his right side um, in training camp, I thought he was a little uncomfortable, but he kind of worked into that little sort of mantra right now that, that he has. And he has the, uh, the attitude and the enthusiasm to do it from anywhere on the field, as you mentioned. Yeah, Lincoln, we're trying to figure out about Tyree Wilson and Malcolm Koontz, their snap count. We're trying to dive into the numbers that you're able to pick apart during the game and look at it there. I know you're always looking on the other side to see what's going to happen because, as you know, the team, the offensive coordinators, going to try to go against Max Crosby the other way. So what's happening with the rest of this defensive line? Because the linebacker Spillane could have won this AFC Defensive Player of the Week award. We saw a couple of good plays in the secondary. Do you feel like the rest of the defense is gaining a swagger and improving because of the play and the practice habits of Max Crosby? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly hoping so. I mean, you look, everyone's got to carry their weight. I, I think that I've been critical on, on the broadcast of guys like Marcus Peters, you know, who had a couple of interception opportunities, didn't come up with them. It is what it is, but coming short. But to answer your question, like with Tyree Wilson and, and Malcolm Coons, look, for Tyree Wilson just needs to play against NFL caliber talent. He needs to get reps. He needs to be out there on the football field. Malcolm Kuntz is coming into his own, and and he's starting to develop, and he's starting to have that sort of wherewithal on the football field. So I think there's still bright spots uh, for the Raiders to come. Obviously, it's nowhere near what um, Max Crosby is doing right now. If, if it was, we wouldn't be talking about it. But as far as bringing players along, I think the defense is right on par to, to, to stay the course and to be talented. Now, now, let's keep this in perspective, guys. We're not talking about becoming the A5 Bears. Um, but but we are talking about them to be consistent enough to keep people under under low double double digits, what they've done so far for the most part throughout the season. If they can do that and offense pick up the slack, this is gonna be a su- successful team. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like it helps everything when you have a guy like Max Crosby. We're just showing some of Max's numbers, and as incredible as it is, Max currently on pace for a career year. He was incredible last year. You know, really going back to to that first year in Oakland, a dynamic, explosive playmaker. But Link, from your perspective. Are we seeing anything different from Max in 2023, or are we just seeing kind of a maturation of growth of what he's been doing for the past couple seasons? Well, it's it's a, it's a, a sort of an evolution of growth, if you will, Eddie. That's that's he's coming into more so what he can do well. If you think about it. 
couple years ago when we first opened up Allegiant, how Max was a little thrown off because teams were double teaming. He wasn't prepared for that. Now, he worked through it last season, still had an unbelievable year. But now what you're seeing this year is a culmination of just getting better, understanding the pro game, understanding your body, understanding what you can do on, 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 any, on this level, and more importantly, how you can be a disruptor. So whether he's angling underneath, he plays with a relentless motor that won't stop even when he's being blocked by a double team. And he is just there to be that, that, that go-getter and that leader by, by just um, his actions and everything else. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw him at one of Von Miller's camps out here in Vegas early in his career, and he was the first one in the huddle. It was really cool to see. He was the guy that was talking to Von and the other great defensive players who were out here for a camp, and he's a guy who just learns. When I get a chance to bump into him in the lunchroom or I catch him pregame, he's so locked in emotionally. That's what's so important for me to bring up. I never see a weakness with him on game day. In any sport, I say this about baseball, basketball, the NBA, sometimes it takes an NBA player a quarter to find a shot, right? Or someone needs to block a shot to get them going in an NBA game. Not with Max. He is ready on the first play of the game to the last play of the game. And I think that Patrick Graham is using some of that to try to inspire the rest of this team. Lincoln, because they found something here. And I don't know what they found. Jordan Love is an elite quarterback. But in the fourth quarter, they were bending and they didn't break. And let's jump into that on what you saw with the rest of this defense. We'll start with Robert Spillane, who had a big game, and what was behind him at the safety position. Because they were playing deep. They didn't let a lot get behind them and they were getting to the ball tackling and finishing what you're seeing is a, is a sense where Patrick Graham is dealing with certain players and knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are and what we've seen out of the defense so far and it's been good especially in this fourth quarter here is we've seen the defense sort of rise up sort of saying we're not going to be walked all over now they don't have a lot of sacks they don't have a lot of turnovers but they do play hard. And for what it's worth, I think they're getting progressively better. And as you watch this defense, you'll find those little catalysts like the, the Max Crosby's. You'll find the other guys like the Robert Spillane that comes up and has, you know, two interceptions, uh, which are huge in the game. And of course, Amik Robertson finishing the game with his interception in the end zone, which really sealed it. So the defense is trying to pick up the pieces. It, it just needs a little bit more help from the offense. You know, Link, we talked last week about, hey, can, the, can this defense kind of fuel, run off the momentum of finishing that game in Los Angeles well, finishing that second half well? Well, they've now done it for a full four quarters, right? So what, how valuable is it now? For, we talked about last week, Coach Graham saying, hey, guys, you can do it in bits and spurts, but now coming in on Monday, or I guess Tuesday in this case, looking at the film and saying, guys, this is what it can be for a full 60 minutes. The formula is there, but you have to implement it, and you have to make sure that it, it works. The thing is, is that every coach I've ever played for said that if you win in November, December, you'll play in January. So you're trying to position yourself for that. You've got September, October to sort of figure out where you are. And October is, is sort of the month where you want to fine-tune it to where you're rolling with a ton of momentum in November, December, because of, when you look at the Raiders' schedule, it's not going to get any easier from that. Then it's going to be definitely more try. And more importantly, you guys see how they're going to come out if they have any playoff hopes. Yeah, well, this is huge now as we evolve now. We'll get into the offense. We'll get to the Patriots while we have you here, Lincoln, because the defense has got to continue to play at this level. As we roll to the offense here, I got a problem. I got a problem, and I'm asking you because you know this. Something's not clicking. I don't know if it's the quarterback, if it's the offensive line, if it's the play calling, if it's just not being comfortable with everything in the system now because we're going into week six. This isn't coming out of the preseason week two or three, all right, and then they pop. Why haven't the Raiders exploded on the offensive side of the football? Because I still believe it's the strength of the team. 
all those intangibles that you mentioned, that's exactly what's going on with the Raiders. It's the offensive line. It's the quarterback play. It's the play calling. It's the execution. It's all of it. And and when you look at the Raiders, their troubles, it's because they don't have that balance. It's almost like they're trying to press too hard to implement the run game and not necessarily utilize the full passing effect that you have. But the, when you look at these receivers, guys, you got to say that there's something missing. If you can show flashes where you can utilize the tight end, if you can show flashes where you can utilize a receiver out of the slot formation, if you can show flashes where you might be able to get a little bit of the run game going, but it's been inconsistent. And it's also it, it's a combination of everything. It's a culmination of the offensive line ineffectively uh, and being ineffective. It's a combination of the play calling. And more importantly, it's a combination of the execution when it comes down to it. Because let's face it, we've seen out of the five games that we've seen so far, we've seen every team try to take Josh Jacobs out with an extra man in the box and, and, and to corral that running game. And they've done a pretty good job of it. That's why Josh has struggled to get the run game off the field, on, on the go. And that's why the Raiders have struggled to have a balanced attack. You know, Link, we, we're looking at the graphic right here about the big three. And in this case, uh, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and Jacoby Myers with the silver and black and their highest percentage of, of usage, essentially, uh, as it regards to the NFL. But when we look at that three, Link, do you need to see anything more from that group? Are you happy? Are you? I don't want to say content, but are you feeling okay about what the Raiders' air quotes big three is bringing to this offense as a whole? I, I think it's good to have sustainable playmakers that, that contribute, but I also think it's essential for you to bring someone else along. One of the stats that stood out to me in this past game on Monday night was the fact that Garoppolo did spread the ball around to sell multitude of receivers. I think you have to go do that every game, Eddie and JT, because I think you have to put defenses on their heels. If you just let them focus on number 17 or number 16 or number 8, you're doing yourself a disservice because what happens if those guys' part of your game plan doesn't take off? Are you, are, do you have the wherewithal to make the adjustments to get them you know, to other guys' looks or to have other guys be factors in the game? Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing like Jimmy Garoppolo. He wins games, and he just won this game, which is what he does. But I'm just not seeing the plays develop deep downfield or him at least taking shots and throwing a deep ball just to keep the safeties honest. What do you see at the point of attack? Does he just not have the time? Is he moving and not looking at enough targets? What is the confusion with Jimmy so far this year? Because he's efficient at times to win the game. But I think he's very one-dimensional this year because he's throwing just underneath and intermediate routes, Lincoln. Well, without the, the use of play action, you haven't really seen him go long or try to go long. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. But And I don't know what the case is there. But I will say this. I, I've watched many um, quarterbacks get in, in, in start to get worried about the rush. With as many sacks as Jimmy has taken this year, as many times the quarterback has been sacked, the Raiders quarterback has been sacked, it is something that I think he had a case, especially in this last game, a, a case of a little bit of case of the happy feet. Um, he's going to try to get out of a jam. He's going to try to uh, obviously not take shots. You don't want to take shots, but coming off concussion protocol, I just have to feel the guy's got to be in the back of his mind. I don't want to have this happen again. I don't want to miss any more time. Yeah, Link, I mean, obviously the Raiders thankfully come away with a win on Monday night, but you know, one of the best parts about Las Vegas, JT, is that when you come to a Raiders game, yes, you come to see the Silver and Black do their thing on the field, but everything surrounding the game, the entire event of a Raiders game is fantastic, and I just got to give some love to our in-game entertainment real quick. Phenomenal. I mean, we talk about Mickey Guyton, who was performing at the Super Bowl, uh, you know, really from her, the, the Knights are there to light the torch. So many exciting activations, so many exciting people that want to be seen in this beautiful stadium. I JT. can't get my wife to leave her seat at halftime. Yeah. That's great. There, and I'm a big Golden Knights guy. And Lincoln, you get a great 
view of that. You actually have a really good view of Marshawn Lynch dancing yes. and it's too short. What do you do there, Lincoln, during halftime? Because some of the best performers in the world are right to your left performing right in front of the torch. JT, Eddie, I got to get up and use the bathroom, try to grab something to eat. And we've got a very short time in the halftime, NFL halftime. But, you know, one thing I've, I've said and to many people, because everyone's been talking about the home field effect for the Raiders, right now, Allegiant has become the ninth wonder in the world, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody wants to see it because everybody likes new stuff. And think about this for, for the city of Las Vegas. What better way of marketing to say, you know, come to Vegas, hang out, and at the end of the weekend, go see a football game, whether it's your favorite team or not. It, it, the fact is that it's it, the option is there, and they've made the best of it. We, we saw all kinds of jerseys out of the Legion this past Monday night. We saw Cowboy jerseys, 49er jerseys. I mean, everything across the board. That's what it's become for Legion Stadium. All right, let's preview the Patriots. They are a wounded animal. This game fascinates me because they're playing so poorly, but they're so well coached. Bill Belichick's arguably the greatest or top greatest coach of all time. So they'll be prepared. Uh, coach McDaniels is going to tell me about special teams. I know how important that is. But Lincoln, something's wrong with this Patriots team. They got injuries. They got a quarterback issue. They have problems on defense. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Patriots, especially the last two games back-to-back where they were embarrassed. What do you expect to see from this team as they come to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday? Well, I'm probably looking forward to seeing a, a dog that's backed in the corner and yeah. come out fighting. You know they're going to give you the best that you can. Here's the thing, guys. The Raiders can't take anybody for granted. They haven't played good enough football so far this season to take anyone to try to look over someone, oh, well, we should be able to handle it. They're not there yet. But this would be a, a, a great uh, symbol in the right direction if they are able to take this game on and score over 20 points. If they're able to open things up, with on, on the offensive side of the ball, we've seen what the defense is capable of. We've seen what special teams are capable of. But if they can open it up on the offense, that would be good going forward. You know, one thing that I, I thought was really refreshing to, to both of you guys was we heard from Coach yesterday, and he said, look, yes, I obviously have experience with New England. Yes, I have history of that, so not going anywhere. He goes, but that, that storyline's kind of dead. Yeah, so, you know, like we played it out last year, and I think for very good reason, but now it's just all about the football, right? We're seeing Bill Belichick here, like to your point, JT, the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. And, and I think now, to your point, Link, we are going to get the Patriots' best shot, and the Raiders at home in that 1 o'clock window have to bring their absolute best game to that field on Sunday afternoon because, you know, yes, they're coming off a W as well, but if you really want to make that run that we've talked about, JT, it's got to start again on Sunday. You have to build confidence with wins, guys. You can do more coaching, better coaching, and, and get through to guys if you have the wins, but the Raiders need to put together that, need to get together that string of wins as we push into the latter part of the season in the schedule because you see it, it's not going to get any easier. You talk yeah. about playing Miami and then Kansas City. You have to play Kansas City twice. You don't have an answer for them. You still have to play the Chargers and the Broncos again. I mean, you've got some teams that are going to be coming in awfully hungry, and it's up to the Rays to find their rhythm and, and find their momentum so they can take it. Yeah, Lincoln, as we wrap this up, here's what concerns me. Bill O'Brien said that Mac Jones will start, and he's in charge of the offense and I think this is his last chance. I really do. And I think that's a huge storyline. I've been on the radio in New England this week. I got New England guests on with me. That's the big topic. Mac Jones thought he had you know, the mantle to take over from Brady, and he would have it for a long time. He's a good player. And he played good early in his career with Josh McDaniels. He's about to lose that job. And he could lose it long term because the way their record is, they could be a team that's going to be in this unbelievable quarterback hunt in the offseason, and they can get off of Mac Jones and go in a different direction. I think Mac Jones is going to play for his job. 
and his future. I think he's got a lot of pride from what he did in college at Alabama. I think he's coming in here with his last ride. Raiders better be ready. I think he's going to take more chances. He's going to run for first downs. And Lincoln, you know this. You played at the highest level in this league. When you play a team that's desperate, they play desperately. They do things that they normally don't do. How do you expect our coaching staff here in Henderson to prepare for this particular team? Because if the Raiders win, they could be off to the races, 500-3-3 with winnable games in front of us. Well, you know, the thing is, JT, is that if you're the Raiders right now, you can't, as I said a moment ago, you can't take anything for granted. But as far as the preparation goes, you want to prepare for the obvious the trick plays, the trick plays and anything might spark some momentum. But for the most part, the Raiders have to get better at what they do. They have things that they need to work on. They need to figure out how to block that extra safety or defensive back that's uh, coming down in the box in the running game. They need to figure out with those crossing routes how their linebackers are going to be able to pass them off a little bit better, or if they're if, you know being being able to tackle better on the perimeter. There are a lot of things the Raiders need to do before they start working worrying about someone else. But they have to get more efficient going forward. This is a team that's very beatable in the Patriots, for in my opinion, the Raiders can beat them. But, again, they can't overlook or take anything for granted because they just haven't been playing consistently well enough to do anything like that. All right, Lincoln, thanks for joining us with Lincoln Kennedy Incorporated on the road. uh, Doing business (laughs) with Lincoln Kennedy, Inc., which is important. Uh, Always good to talk to you, my friend. We'll see you this weekend. Pleasure's mine. Talk to you soon, guys. The great Lincoln Kennedy, who's fantastic. Really our guy and a guy who is critical when he has to be. And the the guy shoots straight. He'll tell you what's going on with the offense here in Lincoln, played on some really good offenses with Rich Gannon. He played on some tougher ones that struggled. He knows how to pick up an offense here, and this offense needs a kickstart, Eddie. They need a kickstart, and it's tough not to look at the Patriots and their stats defensively and say the Raiders can't break out and have a 30, 34, 38 performance game against this opponent. Yeah, and we talked about Link shooting his straight where I, th- I think he hit the nail on the head. He goes, the Raiders really haven't played well enough or earned the right to look past anyone. Yeah, I know the Patriots have scored three points in the last two weeks, but that's not indicative of what they can be at their best, right? So, you know, the Raiders have to take this as seriously. I know Coach McDaniels and his staff are going to have these guys ready to go on Sunday afternoon but hey we talk about having some winnable games on the horizon well you can't win a multiple unless you win this one on Sunday well we're due to have a big game yes. we're due to have a good performance on the offensive side I hope it's this Sunday against New England when we come back we'll look around the AFC West to see what the opponents in the division are doing when we return on Raiders Roundtable Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by The Black Hole. Become a member of football's most notorious fans. JT wrapping it up here again. Thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. Raiders Roundtable, we tape that every Tuesday. I play the Lincoln portion on Friday for obvious reasons. That's how we get Lincoln into our show. Q does an amazing job with him a few times a week on his show. But as Lincoln said, Lincoln's critical when he needs to be. And I think Lincoln's been really fair when it comes to the offensive line and the protection and lack thereof that Jimmy Garoppolo's getting. And I think I've been really critical this week of Jimmy Garoppolo in general that Jimmy hasn't had a big breakout game. And Jimmy just hasn't had that classic Jimmy Garoppolo game where he can throw for 290 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions and have a game like that. So Friday, this was a great week. I got friends in town who 
were with me last weekend all the way in the Coachella Valley as we went and saw ACDC, Guns N' Roses, The Power Trip. We went to The Sphere on Wednesday night to see you too. My mind's still blown. And tonight we're going to Lionel Richie over at The Wind, which is a fabulous show. Lionel Richie, one of the most iconic music members, Grammy Award winner. And we got a group of 11 of us going to see Lionel Richie. Tomorrow night, Fred Bolitnikoff, as I teased. Uh, that'll be at the Ghost Bar from 5 to 8. I'm really pushing that hard. Everybody, you can get tickets. You can go to the Bolitnikoff website, or you can just show up at the Palms and get them at the door and come on up and toast one with me. I'd love to see Raider fans in an atmosphere like that. Even if you only come for an hour or two, or 45 minutes, or two hours, come on out and meet Fred Bolitnikoff. I think that's a unique opportunity to hang out with one of the greats of all time. All right, now as I'd like to do on Fridays here, keys to the game. Here's the keys to what I believe the Raiders need to do to win this game. First off, I, I don't look at a lot of stats until about week four or five, and now I still don't want to look at the stats on offense. I actually want to rip them up because I'm amazed about how poorly the offensive stats are. What the Raiders need to do in this game is have a 100-plus yard performance by Josh Jacobs. Don't need 70, don't need 62, don't need to hear Josh played well, you know, he caught the ball and he ran. No, Josh Jacobs needs to bleep and run for 100-plus yards in this game. And he needs to run with authority because this isn't a great front, it's not a great defensive team, and their stats prove it. So Josh has got to come out like a bull and run these guys over, and that will get Andre James going, Dylan Parham going, Colton Miller. Why are we not just running off Colton Miller's uh, back and just running behind that big horse? Get it done. Jimmy Garoppolo has to have a clean game. Look, if he throws an interception on a deep ball early in the game and it doesn't cost the Raiders, we can all live with that. But Jimmy's interceptions are mounting, and they need to go down, or they need to stop. So I think for Jimmy Garoppolo, early in this game, he needs to throw a deep ball. This is critical, and I want you to remember me for this on Monday. In the first quarter, he has got to have a five-step drop and throw it as far as he can, which I don't know how far he can throw the ball, but he's an NFL quarterback. I think he can throw it pretty far. And if he can put it in the air 45, 50 yards to Devontae or Trey Tucker, Make the reception, or if it, the ball just tips off someone's hands and goes to the ground, Jimmy and Josh McDaniels will be proving and showing Belichick that they're looking to stretch the field. At least pretend to stretch the field. Take a shot, as Raider Moore told me. Take a shot. Let the safeties think that's going to happen. All right, that being said, I think this is a Hunter Renfro game. If you've been listening to me all year, I've never said that once. I'm going all in in this game on Hunter. Here's why. I think this is the matchup where Hunter can exploit more than everybody. I think when you look at what they have in the secondary, their linebackers, Hunter in motion, Hunter in the slot, Hunter catching five, six-yard passes, getting upfield for 11 to 12 yards. This is a game to do it. I don't know how healthy Devontae is. His practice schedule has been semi-limited. He got banged up in that game a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if he's close to 100% or not. How would I know? None of us know. So if Devontae can't give us a volume game of 10, 12 receptions, then Hunter's got to step up. And that brings me back to Jacoby Myers again. Jacoby Myers is going to be more excited to play this game, excuse me, <clears throat> than anybody out on the field because this is his former team. Uh, last year in this game, Jacoby Myers threw the interception to Chandler Jones, and we all remember that. I think that Jacoby's going to want to have a payback game, a big game, a sports center type game. 
So I am, as Charles Barkley would say, guarantee, I'm guaranteeing two touchdowns from Jacoby Myers. I think he's going to get one in the red zone in the slot, and then I think he's going to get a bigger one. I think Jacoby, let him eat in this game. Let him have his game, and let's attack, attack, attack. I'm putting Daniel Carlson next into what I think is the key to this game. Carlson missed two field goals from 50-plus yards, not the end of the world. Those are difficult kicks. He normally makes them all. We need him active early in this game. Raiders are not going to score on every red zone drive. Look at the stats this year. They don't do it. Carlson's got to have three field goals and three extra points at a minimum. That is nine points to begin with the extra points up to 12. So remember the number, 12, Daniel Carlson. I need 12 points out of him in this game because Patriots are going to play their ass off and they're going to be physical. On the defensive side, I'm going to be very interested to see the snap count of Amik Robertson uh, because with Jacorian Bennett, who was out last week, and Marcus Peters, who I don't think is playing well, I don't. But I don't think you bench Marcus Peters. You just don't. He's the veteran. They got him. I want to see how many snaps Amik gets after the way he performed last week. I think he deserves more snaps. If you want to start him, start him, whatever they do. But I want to see how he bounces back. The criticism of Amik Robertson is he's undersized, he's small, and he's not a starter. He's a guy that you can plug in in the slot. You can put him anywhere you want, and he'll play well for you. Well, maybe he took the next step. Maybe he took the next step where he's going to be playing at a much higher level. And then finally, Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson, as I'm looking at Bobby right here and he's shaking his head, this kid's got to get going, okay? Dave took him number seven overall in the first round for a reason. He's a beast, and he has this unbelievable wingspan. It looks a lot like Kevin Durant. If you ever see a poster of Durant with his arms out, Tyree Wilson just looks like a Hercules compared to Durant, but those long arms, he's got to bat a ball down. If Tyree can't get there for a sack, which he should be able to do, He's got to knock a couple of balls down at the line of scrimmage. Mac Jones isn't tall. He, his over-the-top motion should go right to Tyree on the edge. Malcolm Kuntz isn't as tall as Tyree. Maybe Malcolm Kuntz gets home more than Tyree. Who cares? They're both on the same team. But I got to see Tyree knock a ball down or two and get a sack. I think Tyree's stat sheet's going to look something like a tackle for a loss, a sack, a ball batted down. And just contain the edge. He's got to play under discipline and contain the edge if they're running to his side. Look, they're going to try to either run at Mad Max Crosby or not. I wouldn't. I'd go right at Tyree Wilson. I think Bill O'Brien knows that. They're going to have to leave someone in to chip because Max is on the other side. If you're chipping with a tight end blocking and using a back to try to slow down Max Crosby, what does that mean? That means Bilal Nichols. That means the tackles. Byron Young, these tackles are going to have an opportunity to make a play. When are the tackles going to make a play behind the line of scrimmage? A big play in a significant game. This would be a good one to do it. So those are some of the keys to the game. But all week long, I've been preaching about Jimmy Garoppolo and how Jimmy G has got to have a big game. If Jimmy G has a big game, he's going back home to Chicago. That's where he's from. I'm sure he's going to have 100 ticket requests to come there and play at the high level in front of the Bears. So if the Raiders beat the Patriots, which I expect them to do, that'll be two in a row. Two in a row and an opportunity to make it three in a row. And it'll shut up a lot of people. A lot of people will be shut up because they'll start to talk about the Raiders winning. They're not going to be beating great opponents, 
Not the greatest opponents in the world, but they'll have an opportunity to get on a bit of a roll here. A couple of picks heading into the weekend here. Uh, Broncos last night lost 19-8. to The guys I was with, all they cared about was the cover because they it went under, but covering 10.5 here, it's amazing how the bookmakers know this. I like the Ravens over the Titans. I think the Commanders, this is their last game if they lose. Really, Ron Rivera is going to be on the hot seat because Magic Johnson in ownership has no loyalty to Ron Rivera. That's a big game. If the Falcons win and beat the Commanders, they go to 4-2. and two. If the Commanders win, they're 3-3. Three and three. Same boat as the Raiders. Vikings-Bears are both 1-4. and four. I could care less who wins that game. I'd like to see maybe the Vikings win it so the Bears get exposed and we can see it on tape. Maybe the game of the weekend is the Seahawks at the Bengals. I think the Seahawks are good. They've been off that win against the Giants. They were great. I think the Bengals are starting to roll. I picked the Bengals to win the AFC. So I think the Bengals bounce back in this game. I would have loved to have picked the Browns to beat the 49ers. If Deshaun Watson was healthy, he's not. So the 49ers will go to 6-0. and The Dolphins will go to 5-1. and They'll beat the Panthers. Jaguars and the Colts are both 3-2. and I like the Jaguars to win and cover at home. Derek Carr and the Saints go to the Texans. Watch out here. Texans are a really good defense, and Derek hasn't gotten going this year just yet. I picked the Saints to win that division that they're in comfortably, but here come the Texans. I'll pick the Texans in an upset. Uh, the Rams will beat the Cardinals to get to 3-3. Three and three. The Eagles will beat the Jets to go to 6-0. and oh. Lions, Buccaneers. I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. I, I really love Baker Mayfield. 3-1, and one, Lions 4-1. and one. My gut tells me the Lions, upset special. Buccaneers take them out by three at home. Bills will get a walkthrough over the Giants. The Bills will go to four and two. The Giants, who will play down the road, will go to one and five. And then a monster game on Monday when we're back, we'll be able to preview. How about this? Cowboys at the Chargers. If the Cowboys win, they're four and two. They're right there. A couple of games behind the Eagles and the Niners, no big deal. Plenty of football. If the Cowboys lose that game, they're three and three. And they'll be three games out in the NFC. And that will put a lot of pressure on Jerry Jones in that organization. I'm looking for the Cowboys to beat the Chargers in L.A. Then the Chargers have Kansas City. We can be talking about a Charger team 2-4, and four, right? 2-4 and four going forward after six games. And the Raiders sitting there 3-3 three and three if they take care of business. Important week for football here in the AFC West. And enough of this Taylor Swift stuff. Man, Al Michaels. Bravo to Al Michaels for not buying into that garbage last night and not talking about it every single time they showed her or wanting the broadcast to show her on Amazon Prime. want to thank all of our partners for this week. I try to do my best and tell you about the partners who put our show together from the DeCastaverde Law Group to the 872 Laborers to Resorts World to our great friends at Remy Martin. Everything that we're doing with the Black Hole which we love so much. PT's fuels the monologue. We have La Casa Cigars. It goes down the road to all of our partners that help us. Grimaldi's, Meet Up Vegas, code word JT Brick, and all the new partners who have jumped on with us this year. This was a very important week for me because I got a chance to broadcast from the Shriners Children's Open. I met their two ambassadors who went through really serious surgeries and had a smile on their face. You get a chance to get out to the golf tournament, support our friends over at NASCAR. Everybody have a great weekend, and I hope I see you tomorrow night, 5 to 8 at the Ghost Bar at the Palms for an evening with Fred Bolitnikov. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.